uh, the chief assistant district attorney, but I actually practice in the Mulgee Judicial Circuit, which is the circuit directly below us. That's like God in what? Eatonton, Putnam County, that right. area? Right. My home base is Greene County, okay. uh, and it has eight counties. It's the largest circuit wow. in the state. How many circuits? This is something I should know, and it's complete trivia, and if you don't know, that's fine. How many circuits in Georgia? 49. 49 of them. Your husband, Ken Malden, let's start there, uh, the district attorney in one of them, this particular circuit in which you would be a judge, the Western Judicial Circuit. I've been hearing all along, well, how in the world could that possibly work? She'd be in his courtroom. And, and well, we understand now, and I saw the headline banner herald the other day, uh, the solution to that will be that if you win this election, he says he'll, he'll resign. He will, and that was one of the considerations when I considered running, I didn't want to impact his career. It was a decision that he made freely, and um, he's in the 18th year of his uh, as BNDA. Which I cannot believe. I was sitting here thinking about that a minute ago. I had just rolled into town the election of 2000, that was a couple of years after I got here, and it was a, you know, beat Harry Gordon, longtime right. incumbent in that surprising election cycle. That was the same night that Sheriff Jerry Massey lost and Paul Brown Sr. lost. It was quite the election night here. I cannot believe that's been 18 years. I know. We had a one-year-old at the time of that election, and now we have three <laughs> children, and that one-year-old is now completing her first year in college. So wow. we're, it's, you know, when you have children, you know, the, the days are long, but the years just fly by, mm. and I think it's the same way with, with Ken's tenure as district attorney he has served this community well as da and before that he was solicitor for 10 right. years um, all in all his community serve or public service to this community has been 38 years i think what i have what i have heard him say is that i have supported him all these years with his career and that he feels it's time for him to support my, me and mine why did you think this was the time for you to, to seek a judgeship well, there are a couple of factors that were in play. You know, I was really motivated by all the women getting involved involved in politics. I feel like you can't sit on the sidelines um, your whole life. If you're going to affect change, you need to get into the ring. And so I thought long and hard about it. Um, clearly, my husband had to be on board with it and uh, just decided. But I, I'm running for three reasons. I've been a career prosecutor, so I've been a public service my entire career. I've been a lawyer. It'll be 29 years this month. Um, and all but six months of those when I was a clerk for Fulton County Superior, or Fulton County Superior Court Judge uh, Jerry Baxter. At the time, he was a state court judge. I was his clerk, but since that time, I've been a public service I've, a servant. I've been an assistant solicitor, so I prosecuted DUIs, domestic violence, minor theft charges, and then I moved on to the district attorney's office in the P Piedmont Judicial Circuit. So I've been a career prosecutor. So I've kind of seen it all. I've, I've been there. I've done that. I've been in the trenches for 29 years um, fighting for the people of Georgia and, and fighting for victims and people who have been harmed. I feel like I've made a difference in my career, and I feel like I can make a difference on the bench. All right, the decision to seek this judgeship and to take specifically to take on Eric Norris, and, and I know you'll tell me I'm just running for the seat. I'm not running against Eric Norris. The fact is you're going to ask those voters in that circuit to fire him and hire you. What's the case for that? Well, like I said, I, I've been practicing for 29 years. I've been a trial attorney. I think it's important to have a trial attorney um, or a trial judge who has been a trial attorney. And and that's not just going to court occasionally. I go to court all the time. And what you learn from that is 
how a courtroom works and being an, an integral part of it, knowing the scheduling, knowing what the parties go through, being fair, being impartial, because as a prosecutor, we take an oath to seek justice, not not just to get a conviction. Our client is the state of Georgia and the people of the state of Georgia. We don't have to worry about just one person. We have to worry about everyone. So I believe I have that experience and I have that perspective. I also think that this circuit needs a little balance on the bench. Quite frankly, three of the four judges that are on the bench live in Oconee County. Three, there are four times as many people here in Athens. I think there needs to be some balance. And third, I think there needs to be a family court. Judge Quick has started a parental accountability court for chronically um, uh, behind people who are behind on their child support. Mm-hmm. I think we we should take a holistic approach to families in crisis and um, have more services, but also have sort of a streamlined process where domestic cases, whether it be custody, divorce, um, adoption, temporary protective orders, domestic violence, have one judge that they can go to who knows what's going on in the whole family yeah, and can take care of it. Candidate for the Superior Court judgeship. I was talking, as it were, uh, you mentioned Regina Quick. Judge Quick spoke with her just yesterday about that. And this came up, and it's probably a product of the fact that we all watch too many of these dopey TV shows uh, where every trial is some high-profile mo- murder, high murder trial and everything, all of the courtroom drama. So much of it, I gather, though, in terms of percentages of cases and the massive caseloads that we have here and elsewhere around the state, so much of it, you just described so many of these types types of cases, these domestic cases, family cases, families in crisis, children. We got to decide what to do with children. Those cases that chew up so much of our time and caseload. They do, but quite honestly, uh, according to the administrative office of the courts in this circuit, the uh, 60% or 61% of the cases are criminal. Wow. Actual crimes that have been or at least alleged committed or alleged. How many of those are drug cases? I mean, I don't know if you carry these percentages. Yeah, no, I don't have. I don't carry the percentages, and and that the figures that I have spoken about are from the administrative office of the courts, and that deals with all the criminal matters Mm -hmm. that they handle. That might not just be that many cases, but it also will deal with the probation revocation. So those are Mm. old cases that you know where somebody has violated their probation and have to come in. So, so the majority of the cases really are criminal, and when you get down to it, the the trials mostly are criminal. Sure. By the time you're going to go to trial, yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's that's my experience. As, as a prosecutor for just about all of your legal career, Allison Mullen, the prosecutor and attorney and seeking the judgeship. Uh, very quickly, you've mentioned caseload. I'll deal with this or at least get started as we had to break. Uh, you've mentioned caseload management. I guess that's kind of job number one for the judge. I mean, you're the captain of that particular ship. How do you manage that? What What would be your approach? Well, I can only speak to my experience, and, and let me just say real quickly, when I came to Greene County the, um, in 2008, I inherited a caseload of over 1,000 cases, which for, there were two of us, it, it, it's almost unmanageable. So you have to learn very quickly. I don't think it would be completely unmanageable. Well, no, no. I mean, when you have... 500 cases on a one-week trial calendar. And and the difference between a prosecutor and a defense attorney is the prosecutor has every single case on the calendar. I got one. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. So you have to you have to learn how to quickly assess a case, make decisions. You have to know what the rules of evidence are, what's admissible, what's not. Evaluate the strength of your case and know whether to go forward, know whether to cut the ties, you know, just make that hard decision to dismiss a case if you don't think that you can um, and make that hard decision fast. Exactly, exactly. And and so that's my skill set. That that's my wheelhouse. I know I know how to do it. I know how it's been done. I work in a circuit that's got five superior court judges and eight counties. Right. And the You said it's the largest in the state. It's right? the largest right. in the state. And we know how to work cases. We know how to move cases. We know how to manage a calendar. When you've got that many moving parts, you sort of have to be an expert in that field. The political part of this, the going out and campaigning and asking people for votes, asking people for money. Uh, what do you think of that process now that you're seeing it as the candidate? You've seen it as the wife uh, of the DA, but you're the candidate now. That's right. You know, being behind the scenes is much different than uh, being the, the front person. You know, campaigns... And the the politics of it is is not the fun part. the The fun part is going out and speaking with people. I have uh, limited my campaign contributions to two hundred fifty dollars per voting um, age person, and I've done that for a couple reasons. Um, you know the the campaign limits are uh, twenty six hundred dollars per person in this in this campaign. But I think that um, most people are not going to give that. But also, I don't believe that. Um, there should be any sort of appearance, and I'm not alleging anything, but I think there should be um, a, a complete level field, level playing field when you're in the courtroom. You shouldn't have to wonder if the other person gave a whole bunch of money to the judge's campaign and whether or not they're going to have favorable access. I just think that you need to avoid the appearance of that. So we have limited our campaign contributions to $250. Um, and I, the best part about the campaign is getting out and talking with the people. Listen, I'm an Athenian by choice. I didn't grow up in Athens. Where are you I, from? I, I'm from DeKalb County. I grew up, um, at the time, it was called Shambly. Mm-hmm. I went to DeKalb County Schools. I, I came back to school, or I came to school here as an undergraduate. Um, and then I came back and got my law degree from the University of Georgia. This is this is wonderful place to be. When my husband and I got married, we chose to live in Clark County. We have raised our children in Clark County. They have gone to Clark County schools. We are a part of the community. And you can be in Athens, but once you invest and send your children to school here, I mean, you really have a connection and a different perspective than if you, um, you know, perhaps just live somewhere else and just be in Athens and work. And the only way I can describe that is, you know, we we see our friends, our kids' friends, they're diverse. They, our children's lives have been enriched by going to school with different nationalities and different, different ethnic backgrounds. And we just have had a wonderful experience here, but we chose to live here. And because of that, we have a unique perspective. And let me tell you, um, one of the things that I would commit to if I'm fortunate enough to be elected judge is to commit to only having cases held in the county where they originated, unless there's an agreement by the party and consent by the victim if there is one. And let me explain that a little bit. Is there no such arrangement now? If If I'm accused of something in Athens, my trial might be held in Oconee County? No, no, no. I'm not talking about trials. Okay. I'm talking about bond hearings, status it. hearings, All probation, right. revocation hearings. 
you know, in the past it was done occasionally and it was done for the convenience of all the parties. But since this new uh, position in 2016 has become a regular practice practice in this circuit where they're having cases in Oconee that originate in Clark and also having cases in um, Clark that originated in Coney and Oconee. And they're... It has caused some problems. You know, at times you're taking 10, 15 inmates from the Clark County Jail over to Oconee. The sheriff has written a letter saying, listen, this is not fiscally responsible. I'm having to take deputies off the road to transport them and stay with them in the Oconee County Jail. And if you're having bond hearings, well, the victim has a right to be there. Well, there's no public transportation in Oconee County. It is very difficult for some people to travel the 10 miles over to Oconee. And and it's just not right. Couldn't technology help us out in some of this? I mean, we already have. I I know whether we use it here or not. I've seen instances of, you know, video arraignments and such. Can't we uh, apply technology to help with some of this? You know, that is a very good question, and that would be um, a solution to it. Um, but that is not what is going on right now, and it is it is causing a problem. The um, and let me it's not just the parties that have to travel. The the public defenders have to travel. Sure. The district attorneys have to travel. It's just you know it's all a matter of scheduling. If you if you or th- if the reason for it is that well we need to get these people into court as soon as possible. There are nine courtrooms over in the Athens Clark County um, courthouse. It is all a matter of scheduling. So you can get it done if you're motivated to do that. Allison Mullen with his candidate for a judgeship. I mentioned that I spoke with Regina Quick, who is a judge and is challenged in her own race by Anthony's attorney, Lisa Lott. Uh, talking about the, the differences on, in Regina Quick's case, had run a couple of three times for the legislature and then won. Uh, it talks about the differences, and I think this will apply to you too as well, uh, running in judicial campaigns. Uh, Regina Quick, what she says about that. It is a little different, and, and most importantly, to adhere with ethics canons. I mean, you can't make promises to folks, and you can't really comment comment on matters that might come before you. Which is to say a lot of things that might come before you as a judge. You find this similar type of constraint as a candidate uh, running for a judicial seat. This is not like running for mayor or county commission or even a seat in the legislature. It is different. Are you finding the differences there? I am. You can't, you know, people will ask you, well, what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on this? And you just can't answer that because you are constrained by the judicial canons. When I qualified Ed Tolley, who is head of the J Judicial Qualifications Commission. He sent me a nice bound book and said, hey, welcome. Welcome to the club. You are bound <laughs> by the judicial canons. So, and who really, honestly, and I appreciate the, the rationale for all of this, but it kind of binds the voters. I'm picturing these forums, right? And somebody, well, what do you think of X, Y, and Z? And both of you have to give the same answer. I can't really comment because that might come before me as a judge. As the voter, I'm the guy who loses out on that. Well, then you have to look at the the candidate themselves and what they have stood for their whole lives and what they have done. And, and, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way the judicial elections are run. You don't want judges to be activist judges. You don't want judges to have a, a definite opinion. You want to know that that judge that you're in front of is fair and going to give you, they're going to listen to you and make a fair ruling based on the law as it exists. You don't want to, the judge to be the one to make the law. Uh, less than three weeks now, 20 days of the early voting that started earlier this week. That's the other confusing part of this, I'm sure, as a candidate. Hey, could you get? Uh, could I get your vote? Hey, I already voted, and maybe I didn't vote for you, whatever the case may be. Uh, how, do you, how do you plan to spend these next 20 days? 
Uh, well, it, you know, it's sort of a sprint right now. The a uh, lot of one-on-one communication with voters. Uh, having the opportunity to speak to a larger number by being on the radio. So I appreciate the mm-hmm. opportunity you've given me to come speak to the voters. Um, it is, you know, it, there is something on my calendar every single day. <laughs> I wake up and I, okay, where am I going today? Including those three kids. I, 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 we were talking off the air. We had the one, and logistically that was more than enough. I don't see how people handle three, but but you and Ken manage, I'm sure. Well, you know, it does it does take a village. When we had one, it was easy. There were two of us. We could control her and where she went. Then we had two, so we went to man, man defense. And with the third one, you go to a zone defense. Um, our, our oldest is a freshman at Georgia Tech and we and have on the swim team That's and on the swim team she's we're great, super proud great. of her yeah. and then we have two boys at Clark Central High School ninth and 10th grade so our, our lives certainly are busy with them as well best of luck on the campaign trail really really quickly you have a website it's www.allisonmalden.com 